Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Positive Recovery with Karina. And I am sat outside in the middle of October, um, which is really nice by my lake. So you may hear some ducks and birds in the background, but hey, not too bad a noise to hear, I guess. Anyway, you can find this and all of our podcasts at www.sabertownpodcast.com and much, much more over there. It really is your one-stop sobriety shop. This week, I thought it would be good to talk to you about recovery. It's something we hear a lot of recovery and we hear the question, is it really possible? Is full recovery really possible? And I guess that that depends on how you view it and how you view recovery. What is recovery? There are some definitions floating around that says recovery is the act of becoming healthy after an illness or an injury, or the actual process of returning to a normal state. Now, when we talk about normal, we talk about normal for you. What is normal for ourselves? And When I worked in mental health, I was a very recovery-focused practitioner and we used the recovery model. And what the recovery model does is it encourages people to move forwards and live a meaningful life. So recovery to me isn't about um, returning to our former state. It's about living in the now. It's living each day with where we are in our life and living positively with everything that is being thrown at us. And sometimes that can be an awful lot. Other days, not quite so much. But one of the things that we need to work in a recovery focused way is education and support. And that's why when we really work our sobriety and we work towards recovery, um, we have to educate ourselves and we have to have support. So a lot of will be reading quick lit in the, the early days. And I think that's what really worked for me this time around. You know, I've, I've given up drinking before, but it's never stuck. And I never really worked it. I just literally stopped drinking. Um, but you have to work your sobriety. So reading lots of quick lit, listening to podcasts um, is really, really helpful. And that is key, educating yourself about alcohol about what alcohol is which lots of us have found out haven't we you know with Annie Grace and this naked mind it's and and lots of other reading that we've done it's like wow I never knew that about alcohol because you know that wasn't written on the bottle was it let's face it if they wrote on the back of the wine bottle contains 30 cancer causing chemicals and arsenic and formaldehyde we wouldn't buy it would we So it's only when we put those bottles down that we start to learn. So education is really, really important. Really important to find out the truth about our substance and also find out the truth about um, recovery and to find out the truth about ourselves, which can be the, the really scary bit sometimes, but it's also the really fun bit that I'm finding now. I really, really enjoy it. It's like each day is like learning something new. And that was a little motto that I had all of my life really, was like every day I like to learn something new. I like to make a difference to somebody's day every day. And I like to learn something new. And boy, oh boy, when you put down the drink, do you start learning? But hey, it's all good fun. 
The other thing that we really need to help us with recovery, as well as that education, is support. Now, for me, I was lucky to find the I Am Sober app. It's a free community. It's a free app. It's got a day counter and it's got a great, great community there as well. And the majority of the people contributing to this podcast um, did meet on the I Am Sober app. And I've met so many people, so many new friends. And, you know, so when we look at recovery, it's not about, is it, as I said earlier, returning to our former state. Um, because, you know, I, my relationships have changed. My, my previous relationships have changed and I've gained so many more, be- more relationships along the way as well. And they are beautiful. So let's specify a bit more on, on the recovery model, looking at the areas that it looks at. And really, the key thing is it means gaining and retaining hope. It is about hope. And sometimes for me, um, uh, you know, I've, I've, not, I've lost the hope. Sometimes you can lose the hope. And that's why it's really important to have your community and the connections and the support, whoever that support may be. Because just sometimes we need others to keep that hope alive for us and to remind us why we're doing what we're doing and all the good stuff about it. So it's you know really, really important that, that we start to look at hope. And to do that, we need to look at, yeah, what do we want? What are our goals? Um, the recovery model helps us to look beyond mere survival and existence. And let's face it, that's what we were doing when we were drinking. We were merely surviving and existing. Well, maybe you weren't, but I was. I know a lot of us were. Um, it helps us to move forwards in a meaningful life. Okay, so that's the first thing is have the hope that once you stop drinking, you first of all are are moving beyond that mere survival and existence. You are moving forwards. You are moving forwards to a meaningful life. So that can be your hope. And then we have to talk about retaining that hope. And that's where I say sometimes we have to let others take over those reins a bit for us because it can get a bit dicey and a little bit rocky, not going to lie. It is a roller coaster journey and I've referred to it as my rainbow journey because I've felt every single colour of the rainbow. The greens of envy, the blues of the the down mood, you know, the the yellow sunshine happiness. I've felt it all Um, and I'm sure you will too, but... As me and my good friend Polly say, you have to feel the feels. And hey, you know, those feelings are all normal. They don't feel normal because we spent so long numbing them because we didn't like them. But they are normal feelings. That is normality. It's, It's okay to feel. And we have to accept that it's okay to feel what we feel because it's telling us something. And if you're feeling it, hey, we're alive. So that's all good. The other thing about recovery model is about looking at understanding our abilities and our disabilities and finding ways around those. And this is something that I've worked really hard on over the last 20 years, um, even in my drinking time. I've had quite a lot of um, physical illnesses over the last 20 years and a lot of injuries. And what I have to do is look at, yeah, I can't do things in the way that I used to be able to, to do things. If you listen to my podcast, you'll know that 20 years ago I had a car crash and I had a back injury from that. My son was five at the time and from that moment on I could never lift him again. But you know what? 
he reminded me of the hope one day because I remember a particular occasion whereby um, my friends had come up to visit us and he went running up to my friend Kim, jumped up into her arms, straddled his legs around her, arms around the neck and gave her a big hug and I just looked and I went, oh my goodness, I just can't do that anymore. With that, my son got down. He was about six at this time, so it was a year later. He got down. He climbed up onto the kitchen side, held out his arms and legs, and he said to me, now you can do it, mummy. And he held the hope for me. So sometimes, even when we cannot see, other people can see for us. And that's, you know, what I'm talking about, about support and putting it out there. And so we have to understand our abilities um, what we can and can't do, but sometimes we need help with that. And there's always different ways to find different ways to do things. So, for example, I'm very used to now and have been for years that I go into the shop. All the food goes into, all my shopping goes into my shopping cart. I put it all on the conveyor belt at the till. It then goes all back into my shopping trolley. I then go to my car and then I take all the stuff out individually into bags, into my boot. Like I put it in the bags, in the boot. Yeah, it may seem a long-winded process, but hey, it's keeping my autonomy and my independence. Um, and when I get to the other end, there's usually somebody here to help me lift it out. Although that's been a bit, you know, that has changed over the last few years because I can't actually do shopping very often on my own unless it's just a few bits now. But hey, things change, life changes, and it's fine. Okay. So the other thing of the part of the recovery model is about engagement in a, an active life. And that is what I'm just talking about. You know, even just doing that shopping, don't give up. It's about doing things in a different way and being active. It's about being active in the way that you can be active and accepting your limitations and how you are and where you are in your life. Engaging in an active life is really important and really key to recovery. And as many of you will know, I have my beloved bumblebee to help me with that. But still, I have to accept some days that I cannot ride her. Yesterday I had to let Andy, my lovely wingman, go out on his own. I just looked longingly at my bumblebee, sat on the driveway. Um, but I just wasn't able yesterday to ride her. And for the safety of myself and others, I just had to stay safe at home. Well, there's a turnaround, isn't there? How many times did I run out of wine and drive down to the shop, putting myself and others at risks? Oh, just another complete joy of sobriety. So having an active life is really important, but it has to be active to the degree of what you are able to achieve on any given day. Some days we may be able to do more than others, and that's okay, but it's about not giving in. Acceptance is very different from giving in. It's about um, not giving up. It's refusing to give up. Um, it's about accepting what we can do on any given day and doing it to the best of our ability so that we don't then make ourselves messed up for the next day sometimes. So find your activity and keep yourself active. A lot of people have started doing things such as running and walking and that's okay. Others are, just, are doing yoga. Me, I might just be putting my foot up and reading one day, but other days you'll find me out riding Bumblebee. Accept what we can do and when we can do it. 
Personal autonomy is another key thing, being able to decide things for ourselves. And one of the things that I've always struggled with is belonging. Once I got stable, I felt like I fitted in and I belonged. But I listened to the great Brene Brown the other day. Um, It's on Netflix, actually. It's called The Call to Courage. And she says something that was so powerful to me. She said that belonging is being your authentic self, not changing to please other people. Ha, that's what I've been doing all my life. That's where I've been going wrong. But hey, that's in the past. All I can do now is move forwards. So that's what I'm doing. My personal autonomy. I'm deciding things for myself and I'm not letting others' thoughts, feelings and views dictate to me um, what I do and how I feel and how I act. Uh, This missus in her podcast talked about codependency and that was really helpful for me um, because I hadn't looked at that before in the way she described it. Um, And I realised that I've been doing this a lot, that very often I will try and make things easy for people if they start getting anxious or angry or upset. I run to their rescue and try and make it all better so that they don't show and feel all those terrible feelings and emotions. But obviously I now know that they're not terrible. I know that they are real emotions and they're okay and it's okay to feel them. And so I'm really working hard on stopping them, um, or stopping myself should I say, from running to their rescue. Okay, so if people get angry and anxious, it's not always very nice to be around, is it? But do you know what? I have got the autonomy and I can just walk out the door and leave them to it. So that's my plan. Recovery also talks about, um, or the recovery model is social identity. Now, I was very fortunate in some ways that the alcohol did not rob me of my social identity. I was still able to nurse, I was still able to be a mum and a partner, of sorts, I guess. Um, But, you know, socially it was okay. I was acceptable, and I think that's the thing for the majority of most of us. Um, But, you know, my social identity did change, not because of alcohol. Although it may have been in a a roundabout way, uh, indirect way. But it changed because of physical disability and illness. So I did lose my identity. I was medically retired, so I lost being a nurse. I then lost being a wife. Um, and But do you know what I also lost? I lost the alcohol. I got fucking sober. <laughs> so, which is incredible looking back. It is incredible, but I did do that. But social identity is really important, isn't it? And with that, I've then had to form a different social identity. And that's okay. It's a completely different one from the one I had before. But it's the best and I love it. I absolutely love it. So keeping that social identity is important, but it would change. Um, You know, especially when we get sober, we're not probably, I mean, I do go to the pub and I do have lunch out, but I'm not hanging around with all the people I used to hang around with getting pissed on a Friday, Saturday night. That doesn't happen anymore. And I have no interest in doing that anymore either. I have different things that I want to go out and socialise. I go to bike meets and things now, you know, and uh, bike shows and yeah, I've just got completely different interests. And the really nice thing about that is I can go anywhere at any time and not have to worry. It's like, do they serve alcohol? Have I got to try and sneak alcohol in myself? Bloody blood, yada, yada, yada. Yep, none of that anymore, which is amazing. And that really gives me a meaning and purpose in 
in life. Um, my, well, meaning and purpose is very different for me now. Although I had all that, that social identity before, my meaning and purpose in life was about finding where my next drink was coming from. When could I get off of work? When could I get home? When could I go and find my alcohol? Where could I go where there was alcohol? That was my meaning and purpose. When I was coming up to my one year of sabre, I didn't even feel anything. And that's because it didn't, alcohol just didn't, wasn't part of my life anymore. It didn't mean anything. It is part of my life in the fact that I have to really work it still, but it, it doesn't play a part in my life. It's not there. That conversation, that debate in your head is like, oh, should I just have one? One won't hurt, blah, blah, blah. It goes, I can promise you, it does just go. It comes back every now and again, but oh boy, I can just butt it away so much easier now. And my meaning and purpose now in life, it is still about alcohol, but it's about sobriety. It's about hope for all of you, for everybody, that everybody eventually will find what I have found, this peace and this harmony and the wonder of sobriety. That is my meaning and purpose in life now. So every day I am working sobriety and I'm helping support other people who are finding sobriety too, or trying to find sobriety. And this helps and leads to the last thing really, which is a positive sense of oneself. Yeah, I do really have a positive sense of myself now. I know who I am, I know where I'm going. And if I don't, that's okay. I used to have to know where life was taking me, what was happening, everything. Now, I actually celebrate in the joys of not knowing day to day how it's going to be. Because, as Eckhart Tolle says, you only ever have now. There is only ever the now. This is all we have. Is recovery possible? Yeah, I think so. Have a great day and I will speak to you all again soon.